Hello, uh, welcome into Empty Your Q. Uh, my name is Dustin. And I'm Cameron. And today we are going to be breaking down uh, 2019's Doctor Sleep. The uh, sequel to The Shining. The, a, a sequel that <laughs> I don't think anyone was like desperate for to one of the no. best horror movies ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stephen King did write Dr. Sleep, the novel first as a sequel to The Shining, um, almost immediately as a way to also retcon anything from the movie. Yeah, probably too, because he hate like it is a, it is a salty piece of work. Yeah. We've covered it is a petty piece of work. Dr. Sleep, the book. Oh, Oh, the book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we did our, our shining episode at the four, I believe the 40th anniversary of the movie recently. Yeah, like um, a but, month or two back. But Doctor Sleep was um was pretty like well received critically, but it didn't do gangbusters financially. No. But the people that saw it, like audiences really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It just wasn't a lot of people that saw it. I saw it in theaters opening night. So then like like on a Thursday nine PM showing. That's deep love for <laughs> Stephen King. <laughs> Not Stephen Green, but more of the Shining property. Or you're just a big Ewan McGregor guy. No, just a big Shining guy. Okay. Real get big that, into the Shining. You got that big shine. I do. Um, shine on. So the movie you didn't crazy do well, diamond. Didn't do well uh, critically or anything like that. But then it got put onto HBO Max. Oh, no, it did do well critically, you oh, yeah, said. Yeah, just and said it didn't do, well, didn't do financially. well financially. Didn't find a large audience. So it just hit HBO Max last week. And all week now it's been like... <coughs> It's been like, hey, we were really wrong about Doctor Sleep. This is actually a very good movie that somehow manages to be a sequel to the book and the movie, and the movie. while continuing the themes of the book and not really the themes of the movie. Yes. Like, it's full of references and nods to the movie. Yes. But the story arc almost exactly follows the book. The story arc is the, well, yeah, the book Doctor Sleep. Yeah. But in what it's referencing, a lot of it is to the movie. Yeah, I, I think I just mean more like the themes of the book are way more present, of the shining yeah. the book are present here. And there are moments. Or, well, redemption, tales of redemption, if you will. Because in the book, The Shining, Jack is, or his name's not Jack in the book, is it? Yeah, it is. It is? Okay. Um, is redeemed at the end in a way he, yeah he has a bit of a moment yeah but the evil of the house takes him over once he's like because he kills himself but he doesn't actually die he just gets possessed he yeah. just gets fully like they fully take over um but this one plays more on the ghosts of the house but the ghosts that they reference are the ones that you saw in the movie right so it's the bear dog <laughs> the guy getting blown by the bear dog, mm-hmm. the, the bartender, the, bath, the, the lady bartender. in the bath. It's all those ghosts that you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And it does, it picks up um, with like adult Danny Torrance and he's like a scumbag alcoholic. And he's like, all oh, the sins of the father have repeated and, and befallen the son. Like tenfold though. Yeah. He's very scummy. At least Jack had like a job <laughs> Yeah, and a family and a home. Before he like tried to murder him, uh, but yeah. so he it follows him and he starts to finally get his life back in order. Basically, what it seems like is like he's locked away all of the memories from The Shining and all of the ghosts. Literally everything. locked them in a box yep, in his yeah. mind. A box in his mind, which I thought was gonna be really corny in the movie, like how they personified it. 
but it's not like it's pretty minimal it's pretty effective like it's a box in the maze yeah it's a box in the maze yeah there's like a row of them at it's one a point. toy chest isn't it? it yeah it's more a toy chest than a box i should say yeah but um he gets so he gets on the road to sobriety and he meets cliff curtis who plays his friend billy who becomes like his accountability buddy <clears throat> yeah <laughs> and uh they like kind he's of he's a sponsor too isn't he yeah and he meanwhile all this is happening there's a gang called the wild thorn that's going around and hunting people that have the shining yeah which is what danny has which and dick o'halloran as well from mm-hmm. the shining and they're hunting them down and they're they're basically torturing them and killing them because the shining comes out of them as like this steam yeah and this gang i think it's of, literally like, called steam yeah they call it steam like yeah. this gang of vamp of shining vampires basically, yeah just rove around hunting people i think they're they were normal humans who have found this steam and use it like a vampire would blood and mm-hmm. it has kept them eternal and yeah now they're, they're they have all the keys to eternal youth and stuff yeah and they just have a a massive vampire like hunger so they go around killing and draining these people who have the shining and this starts with them doing that to a child to a little girl yeah like they straight they don't show it do they show it because the, you watch yeah. the director's cut and i watch the theater cut yeah so the the theatrical cut itself is two and a half hours yeah the director's cut is like 305 okay and there's not you don't see that but what i guess you get that there is more of in the director's cut is the mom of the little girl looking around and like trying to find her oh okay so, like, you get more like kind of world building i guess is the yes way. like you get more of that where it's like oh they really like they took her took her yeah um and there's a lot of those scenes like throughout that I read were added in. Because the um, next one is like a teenage kid, right? That yeah, I wanted to talk about that, even though it's so while all this is happening, there's a girl named Abra who's like five or six. Yeah. And Her name's fucking Abra. She's got like stronger shining than Danny even did. When she's he was like a kid. she is Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> she's she's shining Anakin Skywalker. And through, like, just her pure, raw, shining ability, she crossed paths with uh, adult Danny, who is played by Ewan McGregor now at this point. Doesn't she get in his head? She gets in his head, yeah. But then, like, eight years passes once he gets his life set up. And she's a teenager, and the wild thorn is still going around. Holy shit, I forgot that there's that gap of eight years. Yeah, there's, like, an eight-year gap. I thought it was, like, yeah, okay. And before I get into... So what sets everything in motion? I wanted to talk really quick. So the the device that Stephen King used in the book, and the reason it's called Doctor Sleep, is because Danny gets a job at a hospital, like a hospice care home, with senior citizens, like, and he so because he has The Shining, he can sense when people are about to die. Yeah. And so his he goes. He's basically like a night orderly. But what he does is he goes from room to room, and when someone's about to die. He like comforts and consoles them. He basically becomes their like guardian on the river of sticks. Exactly. And he like <laughs> he like holds them and he lets them picture like lost memories and stuff. Yeah, like using the shining, he's able to like help them pass super peacefully. Yeah. And, and uh I In thought a euphoric that was, state. I thought that was genius. Like it makes perfect sense that that would be what that character would be doing. And the people at the old folks home call him Doctor Sleep. Exactly. Yeah. And he's got this little white cat that goes with him from. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but I just I really liked that. I thought that was a really good. Um, but that's also fucking him up because he's like, that's what's driven him to the alcoholism and stuff, right? Or is this no, after? He's sober and he's working. He's at that sober job, doing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what sets everything into motion is Abra. Okay, so the the wild thorn led by Rose the Hat find this kid walking home from a baseball game. And I thought the kid was going to be in more of it because it's played. The the kid is played by um, Jacob Tremblay, who is like a child actor that was in that movie Wonder. He was in, I th- want to oh. say, Room. Oh. I want to say he was the little boy in Room. And um, I was like, oh, he's going to probably have a, a big part here. No. So he gets he gets kidnapped, and you get this. I don't know if it's as graphic in the, the original version as it is the director's cut, but... It is such a graphic torture scene of the wild thorn. They t- they take him to the no the middle of nowhere. They strap him to the ground by his feet and, and wrists, and they just basically like and he's just like screaming she, and shit the entire time. Yeah, she just keeps stabbing him, and like yeah. before she starts stabbing him, he's like, "You're not gonna hurt me, are you?" And like it's so because sinister. the way the uh, uh, steam comes out of him is through pain. Well, she says it like purifies it. Like, yeah. Terror and pain and like, yeah. fear. So it's a lot like it it vibes. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, it's very <laughs> where it's it like vibes. hey, this these things make you taste better, so we're gonna yeah. torture you and then eat you. Also you have <laughs> to be a Stephen kid. King. <laughs> hey man, he's got his he's got his Jesus tropes. Christ, he does. They're weird ass tropes. Yeah. They involve kids and fear and pain. God, what was his childhood? So far, not too bad. I'm reading that in his autobiography really? right now, and it's not nothing to do with fear and pain and giant spiders and evil clowns. Not yet. Damn. Maybe I'll get there. I'm only on like chapter six. It's just fucked up. <laughs> but um, so while they're torturing this poor kid, that was in the theater version. Okay. It's yeah. It's brutal. It was hard to watch. I was yeah. Like, this is really. A yeah. Thing. I remember being at that scene. Like this is rough. But um. So the kid is is screaming so hard that it kind of like it lets Abra key into it. Yeah, and she's watching it happen basically. Yes, and yeah. She's like screaming to get them to stop, and she like finally screams like stop, and it and blows it, Rose the Hat and Danny Torrance like off of their like off of their feet it knocks them out because it's such a hard disturbance and it's in this like connected force that they're using exactly and that sets into motion both rose the hat and the wild thorn i didn't realize how star wars this was when i I watched it (laughs) you just have to look back you just have to take a take a gander back yeah but um it's so it sets both sides because like the wild thorn is like damn if we get her we're going to eat good forever. Yeah. We could, just, we could just use her like a cow. And they're starting to run out. Like Yeah, they're like killing everyone with the Shining. Yeah, they Pickens pretty much. Yeah. And, uh, They've got one canister left. Danny's like, hey, I have to. He, well, first he's like, well, fuck. I got to tell this kid to knock this shit off. Yeah. Like, You're going to get eaten. And then he sees a vision of, uh, of Dick, the old chef from the Overlook. And he's like, you got to go help that kid. You're who found her. Like, I found you. Like, you have a responsibility. Yeah. And he's like, but, but I don't want to. Even though, you know, Dick came to help, but he didn't do much helping. Yeah, he... Well, in the book, he does a lot more help. Caught an axe to the fucking chest. In the in the book, he gets out. <laughs> like, I know. He's in Florida with them. But, uh... So... He's in like, this, it establishes that he is dead, though. Yeah, right? he's, he's dead. 
But he died there. At the hotel, yeah. Yeah, so it's going based off the movie. Yeah, it's going based off the movie. But he, um, so Danny's like, all right, I'll go. I'll confront all of my demons. I haven't used The Shining in years, but I guess let's do it. And it was so much better than I expected. Like, I mean, I knew what I heard about it critically, and I knew based on how I felt about Ewan McGregor as an actor and about, like, the reverence that it was so clear that this director had for the movie and for the source novel i was like okay so stephen king wouldn't write off on this unless he was like happy with it and he's doing another stephen king movie is, right but i don't know off the top of my head what revival it is. i think it is or something like that i don't know but i the dude who did this is is doing another stephen king thing and didn't he already do he did gerald's game I don't know what the hell that is. That's a Stephen King book. So, no, that's the oh. last. Dr. Sleep is the last thing he's done. Okay. Um, And then he did Gerald's Game in 2017 for Netflix, which is... um, Really? Never? Did you ever watch Gerald's Game? No. It's got uh, Bruce Greenwood and Carla Gugino, and it's like a, they're a couple that goes to a cabin, and the husband is like, let's role play, spice up the marriage, and he handcuffs her to the bed. And then he has a heart attack while he's like trying to do this like rape fantasy. Oh. And she's like, stop, stop, stop. Like, she's like, I don't like this. Like, no. And he has a heart attack in the middle of the argument and dies. And she's just handcuffed in the middle of the woods to this bed. And it's about like she starts hallucinating. Like, she just has to get out. And it's like a psychological She thriller. starts hallucinating? Well, because she's there for days. Oh. Handcuffed to the bed. Okay. And if I remember correctly, she has to... um she has to like declove herself basically to get out of the handcuff. It's where you take all of the skin off of your hand, like peeling a glove off. Oh, they call it degloving, and it's brutal as hell. But so he did that adaptation of a Stephen King book. Okay, and then he did Doctor Sleep. Um, but he doesn't have anything in the pike yet, as far as like a follow up. Degloving. I did not know that. Don't Google it. I wouldn't. Like, I know people always say that as, like, a joke. Like, no, it's horrific stuff. I can imagine. Um, so, anyways. You're I was just really... peeling the skin off your hand because all your, like, all that sinew and muscle and tendon yeah. is just exposed. Because that's all your hand is. Your hand isn't a lot of fat. No, it's a lot of muscle and tendon. It's just muscle and bone. So you, and you can see that shit moving. Mm-hmm. Like, it can function without skin over it. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... I knew that like it was probably going to be good because Stephen King hated The Shining so much. Like, there's no way he would let someone touch Doctor Sleep unless he was 100 percent sure about it. Yeah. And then Ewan McGregor is just—he's such a good choice because he's just—he's versatile. He's like an understated type of versatile. Uh, yeah. Ewan McGregor gets you a lot to work with. Um, because he just... can play everything. Yeah, he can. I mean, I—he's kind of like quaint dude from the 60s and everything but like except for obi-wan he's, <laughs> he's obi-wan he's in this he was in birds of prey earlier this year and he was incredible oh fuck i forgot about him as black mask yeah like, i'm just like people just, people really hated that performance though they did yeah i just i feel like he is one of those dudes who like pops up in a movie you don't expect him to to like carry it and then like two hours later you're like holy shit where did the time go and yeah really i mean he carries those star wars movies those prequels absolutely yeah. um so we now that we talked about you and mcgregor i would like to talk about 
um, Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, as Rose the Hat. As Rose the Hat. She was my favorite character in the movie. I know. You were like, I kind of wanted her to win. Yeah. Like, low-key, I was <laughs> like, I just, I want these shining vampires to just kill all the shining people. And, like, I was oddly, like, I was like, man, it's kind of terrible that they're killing children, but she, okay. I get it. She has, like, exploded onto the scene here with with movies that she's made. She's about to go on a run, I am telling you now. So she did Doctor Sleep. She had a part in uh, the 2019 Men in Black movie that we'll just pretend didn't happen. No, Men in Black International was all right. So here are her next three movies. Dune. Okay. Mission Impossible 7. Okay. And Reminisce, which is going to be a sci-fi movie um, directed and written by Lisa Joy and starring Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson, and Thandi Newton. Lisa Joy is the other half of the writing the, team who did Westworld, isn't yes, it? Yes, she's co-creator, yeah. writer, director, and executive producer of Westworld. Yeah. And so this is her first feature film, and it's going to be a sci-fi drama, it says. And that is all coming out in the next year basically so dune if it doesn't get postponed is coming out 2020 and then you have mission impossible 7 and reminisce in 2021 and i just feel like those movies are all, like mission impossible movies are always massive i feel like dune is going to be massive even if it's more like blade runner 2049 where it doesn't like make a ton of money at the box office i think it's going to be one of those movies that is critically acclaimed and then has fans like all dune? across the world yeah dune is like i don't know how much money a dune movie will make but it's gonna be a tremendous hit i'm sure i think yeah well we'll see if there's movie theaters it's scheduled to come out in december so that might buy it some time to actually come out and not be postponed but even if it's postponed then then that's three tentpole movies in a year and i think that's gonna be like oh, okay rebecca ferguson is everywhere now and watching this, you can see why, because she is very, she's a very charismatic villain. She's the best part of the movie, like through and through. She's fucking terrible. She's like inherent all all sorts of evil. Yeah, she's irredeemably evil. Evil, yeah. Like, there's no good part. There's no anti-hero. There's no like Joker type villain where it's like, oh, you know, oh, yeah. what is what is good, what is bad. She is straight evil and i was in all the way because of her performance like i was like fucking kill these kids i don't care feed. like yeah you guys feed like you got this dope little like traveling troop of vampire people you that gotta, suck off the shining and you gotta feed them man yeah, yeah. you got I, the cool old grandpa guy and i do also want to say that i thought um Kylie Curran as Abra was a lot better than I would expect a traditional child star to be. Yeah. In in these She was she was really good. It's those three like the three main actors that you're following throughout this movie are really solid. I think that's probably what makes it so good even though it's some heavy stuff. Yeah. Like it's a heavy movie. It's yeah, daunting to yeah. just watch three hours of just misery essentially. It is pretty dark and it's like the only light is at the end. 
Yeah, exactly. And even then, it's still not like. No, yeah. It, nothing is like just free in terms no. of like. It's yeah, like, you don't still... get your redemption without paying some. You don't. You got to pay the piper somehow. To quote Jack Torrance, you got to take your medicine. Um, but I, yeah, so I thought those three were great leads. I also wanted to talk about how good this movie was at casting lookalikes for flashback scenes. Because, like, they have flashback scenes with Wendy and with um, Jack Torrance, who's originally Jack Nicholson, who's one of the most, like, distinct, unique-looking people. Yeah. And, like, the like the Wendy casting is way more spot-on than the Jack casting. <laughs> he's, even, like, chubby and shit. Yeah, he's, like, chubby. He's got, like, the same hair. Yeah, like, in The Shining, Jack Nicholson's pretty slender. He's, like, more slender than he is in most movies. Yeah. He looks like a worn down alcoholic and like in this, the guy who they got to look like him is like your puffy alcoholic. But he's also been living in the hotel for years. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, fair. But like, I, but just, I think it's also kind of supposed to be like a distorted image though. That's I think why I think that's what they're trying to play off of in that is that it's more of this. It's instead of doing like a de-aging or putting in a digital version of him. They're like, here, it's just, this distorted image of what he might be. The hotel's gonna give you a vision. Yeah. But I, I really liked how this used The Shining without like being overly reliant on it. Yeah. You really don't get that stuff until they get to the overlook. Right. Which is only the last like 20, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Yeah. Even in the three hour version, that's only like 20 minutes. But when you get to the, like, that's the best part of this movie. And I, but I think it's the only ending. the best part because of how well everything else works before it. Yeah. Like they go to the hotel and it doesn't seem like a gimmick to just get back to the hotel. No, because it takes a good two and a half hours of building to why they need to go to the exactly. hotel. And I think the reasons are, are justified and they're fairly presented. Yeah. So you don't feel like it's like a cheap, like, well, we've been doing this. Now we got to go to the hotel. Like it's very, yeah. you can feel the, the care. Cause, Cause it's not about defeating the hotel. No. And it's so you can tell because the screenplay was adapted by Mike Flanagan, who was the director. Okay, so he, that's his name. Yeah. He directed it and he adapted the screenplay completely by himself. And he worked with Stephen King to get approvals on everything, basically. Because I guess Stephen King wasn't super receptive to the idea of more shining. Of, <laughs> of not even that, but of like basing the this movie adaptation off of the movie version of The Shining. Yeah. Stephen King hated that. Revival. It's Revival is the movie he's working on right now. Okay. It's another Stephen King. But I'll put the link to our our Shining episode too because we really go in onto the problems that Stephen King had with the movie. But it says that that Mike Flanagan was hesitant to talk to him, but that he, like once he finally started to work with him and once Stephen King got the idea of what he was trying to do, he was like, okay, I, I understand and it says here that Stephen King, after reading the script, felt like the elements of Kubrick's film that he disliked were redeemed in Dr. Sleep. Yeah. It also says that King initially rejected Mike Flanagan's pitch of bringing back the Overlook Hotel as seen in the Kubrick film, but that King changed his mind after Flanagan pitched a scene within the hotel. That's like serves as the reason to bring back the hotel. As it is. Because okay. I think in the book, they go to just the burned down remains. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this was like, hey, how about we go back to the hotel, but it's standing. Because still. I think in the book, he knows that it's still, the energy's still there. Yeah. 
and and they have to use this energy to achieve this certain goal at the end. He needs, yeah. But so he talked him into it, and they were able to do it and kind of get everything, everything squared away. And I think the result is better, for sure, than if it had just been one way or the other. Like if it just ignored the movie completely or ignored the book completely. Yeah, you couldn't ignore the movie. Like if you're making a movie that's a sequel to The Shining. There's no way you can ignore the movie The Shining and just be like, oh, it's a sequel to the book. Yeah, that's Suck true. Suck my too. dick. Like, what Don't, the fuck are you going to do about it? Just forget about a top five. Go read the movie book, ever. bitch. Yeah, exactly. Then you can watch this movie. You'll understand it. So, Flanagan, I want your opinion on this, has confirmed that he's interested in another sequel that would be focused on the story of Abra Stone. And he's asked Stephen King about this. And I guess it, it, all it says is King was open to the idea. I don't know. You you have a good ending. It's a pretty yeah. It's yeah. a pretty. I don't know what else th- could happen. Yeah. It's not like they need she, to have more ghost or more shining vampires. Yeah, and you can't like just remake The Shining with this like girl and her family later down the road or something like that. Yeah, that's you can't she goes to another hotel and it's haunted too. It's another evil hotel. It's this evil little trap. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any good, uh, any good trivia here. There's just, there's a ton of like small similarities and references to the shining that this movie does. Also, she's called Rose the hat because she wears it. What are those? The pork pie hats? She does. She wears a pork pie hat the entire time. And it's like the only time those have looked cool since even Walter White, it didn't look cool on. Well, this one's more like top hatty than it is in. It's like a medium top hat. Yeah, it's like a medium top. It's not quite yeah. pork pie, I guess. But she looks dope in the hat. It's like very... Doesn't look stupid, is all I'm trying to yeah, say. It's like, it could have been very stupid. It could have been very like hipster goth steampunk. And like it comes off just as menacing as you would want it to. It's like just a step below that. Exactly. Hipster goth steampunk. So all the best trivia is kind of just spoilers. So I'll avoid so known as hot topic. I'll avoid that since I think this movie is just now finding a bigger audience. Yeah, and we've stayed away from spoilers yeah, pretty exactly. much this whole time. So so I would say definitely check this out. It's on HBO Max. Um, I know you said you both like, versions. Yeah, both versions so are there. So if three hours, just watch like, the director's cut. Like I don't understand ever being like. I'll watch the cut one. Yeah. What did the producers think? Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, what did the studio want? Fuck yeah, that. that's fair. So check out the director's cut. Three hours isn't that much longer. It's two and a half normally, so that's not yeah not terrible. Tack on another half an hour. And it's all pretty good stuff. Like, it doesn't really, for being a three-hour movie, it does not drag. Uh, Its beginning is pretty draggy. Oh, here it wasn't. Here it was pretty. Okay. Maybe that's just because I was invested. I was like. I was invested, too, in the theater, and I was a little like, okay. Because you get some good stuff in the beginning, and then it kind of peters off. I guess, like... Like, his road to recovery is a little lame. Yeah, that's, I guess I can that, say that, yeah. <laughs> From, like, after... It's a lot of, like, platitudes and religious bullshit. And when it cuts to him as an adult now, as Ewan McGregor for the first time, from there up until the eight-year jump, it's a little slow. Because you start off with the wild thorn attacking the girl, and like that's pretty intense. And yeah, and and then you get young Danny as a kid being haunted by visions of the the bathtub lady. And oh that's yeah, absolutely terrifying. He just sees her. Yeah, he's like walking to go. To that's the how the movie ends. 
Okay, I'm piecing together. That's how it starts. Yeah. And then, yeah. So he, like, and yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And, and so it starts very intense and then it kind of peters off for a little bit. And then once things kind of start to get back in motion, it doesn't really let up. So I'd say there's maybe like 15, 20 minutes it kind of drags, but. I'm thinking about the ending now. Yeah. It's a good I didn't ending. like the ending of the movie. Yeah, you did. You loved I it. did not. So I didn't like that fucking Ghostbusters meets Powerpuff Girls ending. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I guess I can see what you're saying, but um, <laughs> we'll hold off on that one. Yeah. But I yeah I think it's definitely I'm glad to see it's getting more more attention and more acclaim now. Yeah, I was I mean when I saw it in the theaters, I felt alone on an island, just like oh, it was all right, guys. <laughs> wow such raucous uh, praise i liked it it was cool um yeah any any parting doctor sleep thoughts no i think we i think we covered as much as we, we can did as much spoiling. as we could yeah uh so check it out because other than that we're just talking about like spoilers and and then yeah that's uh, deeper stuff like for a movie stupid that, like, ending this does have a stupid ending for a movie that like no one's seen up until now like we'll leave it be yeah. um hbo max check it out director's cut it's only three hours long you and McGregor it's only three hours long. I mean, you binge watch a show that's what eight hours. People sit and watch eight hours of a TV show. Or something. That's true. So it's in the scheme of things, it's not terrible. Um, so watch an hour of this. Stop it. Go eat something. Watch another hour. Stop it. Go get, eat something. Get up, walk around. Take a poop. A yeah, do something. Watch the last hour Perfect. like a TV show. So <laughs> check it out. Uh, let us know what you think about it and what you think about the ending. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the username just at Heifabrew. Uh, Heifabrew.com is the website. We have all sorts of stuff up there right now, like movie trailer breakdowns, uh, NBA stories, Independence Day. I wrote a whole thing for the 4th of July about the best Independence Day Will Smith quotes. Uh, we got all sorts of stuff up there. I think I had an issue with that, but I forget what it was. Because uh, you didn't, I don't think number one was Welcome to Earth, was it? It, it was. Oh, okay. Number two was Welcome to Earth, and number one was Now That's What I Call a Close Encounter. Wait. But I put them together. Like, it goes the same. No, 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 no. Number one is Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Now That's What I Call a Close Encounter is the line. Uh, welcome to Earth. Why would I say Now That's What I Call a Close Encounter? Welcome to Earth in reverse order. Like it's it, just Welcome to Earth. It just made sense to flow it. All that way. people know is Welcome to Earth. No, no, that's what I call a close encounter. People know that too. No. So th- that's another. so we'll put up another. Uh, we'll put up maybe if you listen to that or you read that, then you know leave a comment for Dustin and be like, it's just Welcome to Earth. Leave a comment for Cameron and ask for his list. We'll see if he can still write. <laughs> um, check out. Dr. Sleep. There's an article on there somewhere. On HBO Max. and uh, What, a month ago? And we will be back uh, next week. So thank you guys for listening. And uh, have a good weekend. We'll see you. Bye.